Hello, hello. Welcome to episode number four of Point and Line to Head, Elevating Hairdressing, the podcast all about art and design theory for hairdressers. I'm Cody. I'm a hairdresser in Washington, D.C. First off, thank you so much for the support to everyone who's listening. It makes me really happy that someone's actually pressing play every week. So thank you so much. Last week was all about a method, organizing your thoughts, getting them out of your head, making them happen in real life. The next few weeks, we're going to delve into this visual language that I keep mentioning, the way the artist actually communicates with the viewer. And as always, after you listen, head over to the Point and Line to Head Facebook page, where we have discussions each week so we can start building this culture of independent creative thinking together. Last week, I mentioned a book called Point and Line to Plane by Vasily Kandinsky, where obviously I got the name for this from. It was published in 1926, just as abstract art was starting to develop, and it's regarded as one of the most influential books in the 20th century. It dissected this science of art, the idea that all forms of creative expression have the same or very similar guiding principles. At the end of the day, all forms of art have the same visual or sensory language that they communicate in, and each medium or each format is just a vessel for this exact same language. I thought it would be really beneficial for hairdressers to be exposed to this as well. And that's where I began creating an education program, setting up classes out of my studio, and eventually that led me to making this podcast. We'll start here, of course, with a quote. This one is from a book called Art and Visual Perception by Rudolf Arnheim. This book, for all intents and purposes, is a textbook about art theory and basically what the title says, Art and Visual Perception. It's another really immensely dense book, and I can only imagine the kind of lunatic I looked like on airplanes and everything, underlining pages and taking notes. And people would ask, well, what do you do for a living? And I'd go, oh, I'm a hairdresser. But... It's filled with some amazing information and really eye-opening studies on art and perception. I'll get to the point. This quote is, Vision is not mere passive reception. In looking at an object, we reach out for it. With an invisible finger, we move through the space around us, go out to the distant places where things are found, touch them, catch them, scan their surfaces, trace their borders, explore their texture. Thus, a tangible bridge is established between the observer and the observed thing. This is an absolutely beautiful way of saying that seeing something goes beyond just plain seeing it. When you view anything, really, you tap into a sort of library of your own personal points of reference. And the idea of seeing something goes far beyond just a biological function. As artists, this is what we tap into, that emotional reaction from the viewer. 
Like I said in the last episode, all works of art are just stories told by an artist through their medium. As hairdressers, that medium is hair. And as artists, our arrangement tells the story of our own intentions. When we examine any work of art, there are two really overarching features. There's an interior and exterior, internal versus external, and then there's characteristics, characteristics of individual pieces of the work and characteristics of the work itself. In Point and Line to Plane, Kandinsky opens the book by saying, every phenomenon can be experienced in two ways, externally or inwardly. From the beginning of our careers, we as hairdressers are programmed to assign technical values to the terms internal and external. But these words have more than just the mechanical definitions that we learn to associate them with. Last episode, we talked about planning and the end result. The plan proceeds from within to without. The exterior is always the result of an interior. This was said by Le Corbusier, who was an architect. While the words internal and external have technical validity, their definitions go beyond the basic understanding that we're taught. This is my internal technique that I'm using, and this is the perimeter. In school, we learn the interior is anything we do to the shape, layering, graduation, and the exterior is the perimeter. It's a pretty basic way of looking at these words that have such a huge significance to art and creative expression. And segregating these words to just something like cutting hair is a really one-dimensional way of looking at an incredibly dynamic concept. So as we take a closer look at the words external and internal, they really pertain to the way someone interacts with a work of art. Throughout his book, Kandinsky refers to these words in a really abstract manner, and we come to a really valuable conclusion. The exterior is the overall communication of the work, while the internal are the emotions that are sort of locked away in the work by the artist. And then he also defines a composition as an exact law-abiding organization of vital forces which are shut up within the elements, which is to say the finished work is the existence of an internal encased in an external. If you think about it, when an artist creates a work of art, there's always an intention. Whether it's as simple as, I want someone to recognize that I've painted a penguin, or as complex as, I want someone to look at this and feel X, Y, and Z emotions. There's always something the artist is trying to communicate. This idea pertains to us as hairdressers, because there's always something we're trying to communicate through our work. Whether it's really conceptual or it's really straightforward, there's always a story to be told through the medium. While the technical definitions we already have assigned to internal and external are 100% valid, the idea of the overall communication versus what do I have locked away as the artist really help us to A, recognize how somebody views our work, 
and B, how we can really tell our story in an interesting way. Then we have this second feature of creative expression, which are the characteristics of the work itself and of the elements within our work. And this is something that gets referred back to a lot in art and design theory. You have a qualitative and a quantitative. So in art and visual perception, Rudolf Arnheim talks about how you would communicate the idea of an apple, the food, not the computer. So a scientist would give you measurements, weight and size, maybe the location that that apple came from. But an artist would go through specific sensory qualities, its roundness, its heaviness, its color, its tactile qualities. So all characteristics of anything you observe have two categories. It's either quantitative or it's qualitative. As hairdressers, those seem like big, daunting words, but they're really simple. You have quantitative, think quantity, physical facts, measurements, weights, anything that can be assigned a numerical value. Then you have qualitative, the qualities of it. What is its color? What does it feel like? Things that can't be readily measured and things that may be described or interpreted differently by different people. So if I have a blonde bob with a graphic fringe, and I keep referring back to a bob because I think it's really easy for us all to imagine it. If someone else has a better example, feel free to put that on the Facebook page. But think of a really graphic blonde bob. It's cut to the jaw. It's got a really strong fringe. The length of the hair or the length of the fringe are quantitative characteristics meaning you could actually measure them. And if we're doing hair donations or something, we might actually have to physically measure it. Then we have the color, which is a qualitative characteristic. As hairdressers, we could point to a number on a level scale and assign a number to it, but that's not really how someone observing the work will look at it, at least not initially. So it's up for interpretation. In the end, the viewer sees blonde hair and they see that it's cut to this point. The interesting thing about this idea of quantitative versus qualitative is that these characteristics influence each other. If we have two squares on a piece of paper in front of us, they're the exact same size, one is solid yellow, one is solid blue, we're going to perceive them differently. They're the exact same size, one's yellow, one's blue. We might perceive that the blue one looks smaller and is maybe retreating away from us, and we might perceive that the yellow is larger and maybe moving towards us. At the end of the day, their size, their quantitative characteristics are exactly the same, but it's their qualities, their color, that influences the viewer and causes their perception to change. I'm not going to try to give you a recipe to use here because there really isn't one, but in the future, as we start diving into art and design theory, we will end up referring back to this a lot, this idea of quantities and qualities.
and we'll also refer back to internal versus external a lot. These are two categories or two key subconscious features of any creative expression. And like I said last week, there are probably things that we're familiar with, whether we realize it or not, but becoming aware of the fact that these exist and are tools for us to use, just like applying a retouch or graduating hair, really benefits us and enables us to make our intentions come to life in a beautiful and interesting way, and it helps us arrange the material so our concept is clear. And I can already imagine two responses I'm going to get. So first, if these things are unclear, if internal and external are unclear, or qualitative and quantitative are unclear, I challenge you to see if you can notice them day-to-day while you're working. And I can already hear the skeptics and, like, the realistic thinkers. Why is it important for your story to come to life? I can already hear, like, ten people going, well, this is mumbo-jumbo. But for me, I can't speak for everyone else, but for me, I feel more fulfilled as an artist when my concept fully materializes. When you get to the end, you're, say you're in the salon, you get to the end, you're blow-drying, everything's falling into place where it's supposed to, and you go, that's it, that's what I had in mind, and I'm seeing it now in real life. And that moment is a magical thing. In order for our intentions to come through in a clear way, we have to acknowledge the way someone perceives our work. And that's where these key features come from. What's communicated by my work? What's supposed to be discovered when someone looks at it? What does the viewer literally see? And ultimately, how do I communicate my concept in a way that really engages the viewer? To finish up and summarize, I have a quote from Alexander Calder, who was a famous sculptor and did a lot of really cool mobiles and things made out of metal. And he said, the universe is real, but you can't see it. You have to imagine it. Once you imagine it, you can be realistic about reproducing it. Food for thought. If you're trying to create something as an artist, express yourself creatively, you have to imagine what you're going to be doing. And you'll imagine it through your own unique filter, so to speak. And when it comes time to tell that story, you're telling it with your own voice and from your own unique point of view. If you can imagine it, you can produce it. Thank you so much for listening in. Make sure you head over to the Point and Line to Head Facebook page to join our conversation this week. Keep an eye out, and I guess an ear, every Monday for new episodes. Next week is all about form. A little bit of geometry, actually a lot of geometry, but not in the traditional way that we hear about it as hairdressers. So stay tuned for that. Thank you again so much for tuning in. I'm Cody, and this was Point and Line to Head, Elevating Hairdressing.